What's going on, everyone? Happy Monday. It's time for the Security Token Show. Time to get in all the latest things happening in RWAs, tokenization, etc. We're your hosts. I'm Herbie Konings, joined as always by my co-founder, Kyle Solon. Whew, we got a great show this week. Huge announcement for Realty, Kyle. How you doing today? I am great. We're talking episode 224, Herwig. We are fully into 2024 as a year. We're rolling. We're seeing success across the board. The markets are healthy and liquid. Gosh, doesn't it feel good to be in blockchain? I can't wait to dive into it today, Herwig. Well, with that, I think we should. Time for the Token Debrief. Man, what a week last week, guys. We have some major announcements, I think. I have to kick it off with what I think is probably one of the biggest institutional drops to happen so far. We've got City leading the charge, announcing that they've worked with Wellington, Wisdom Tree, and the DTCC's new uh, digital assets division after acquiring Securency to tokenize private Months, guys, this is amazing. Uh, it is just a proof of concept, but it is big news. I think I've seen more articles get published around this than I've seen any other proof of concept, even Project Guardian, which I thought was also pretty big news. Uh, but, but basically, they use the Avalanche Spruce uh, subnet to you know leverage tokenization uh, to enable what they say buy and sell side institutions to engage with distributed ledger infrastructure in a low risk, low barrier to entry manner that is consistent with regulations. AKA that is Citibank saying tokenization is legal. It works and it's cool. People need to get that and understand that if they still think the American regulation, the U S regulation is behind. Uh, but they also used ABN, uh, AMRO, uh, who simulated the role of a traditional investor. They did a proof of concept that tested the tokenization of a Wellington-issued private equity fund uh, that they brought onto the, the Avalanche subnet. And then the underlying fund distribution rules were encoded into the smart contract and embedded in the token uh, transfer to supposedly, in this case, it's a proof of concept, but then would be sent to Wisdom Tree clients, Right as the asset manager. They say it demonstrated how smart contracts can enable, quote, greater automation and potentially create an enhanced compliance and control environment for issuers, distributors, and investors. Uh, they did a lot of different scenarios uh, of transfers using the smart contracts, uh, where this is where the DTCC came in uh, to basically mimic uh, the public kind of markets environment uh, and by evaluating, they say, quote, relevant technical, legal and operational frameworks needed to bring traditional assets onto a digital platform. City explored how to support clients issuing and accessing tokenized private assets. Uh, so, guys, we know that City announced uh, that they're in the tokenization game. This uh, is a pretty big deal, given that Wellington is a one point four trillion dollar asset manager, as well as Wisdom Tree, a pioneer killing it in the game, as well as Avalanche underpinning all that. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Are you as excited as I am? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we just saw the other proof of concept that came out la late last year. So great to see another one with new players as well. Uh, 
in terms of, you know, perfect concepts here. A uh, huge shout out, honestly, to Avalanche for providing some of that infrastructure that makes this possible, right? These subnets. We've seen past institutions also use this, um, such as, you know, Wellington was already using it, T-Row Price, and of course, some of these uh, new ones, new entrants. So huge props to them for creating an environment where institutions can then go ahead and you know, understand these uh, new technologies and then hopefully later on bring it to uh, full scale. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with Jason with your analysis there. It's, I think we're seeing this culmination of all these test and pilot transactions over the course of multiple years. Anyone who's been listening to the show since you know our inception you know we've been covering all these adoptions and despite the greater bear market across tech and blockchain and web3 over the last 18 to 24 months it has not stopped a lot of these institutions from experimenting with smart contract settlement experimenting with stablecoin payouts and now especially that we see more and more regulated financial vehicles in this space that are beginning to drive more adoption and inflows into the tokenization economy it only makes sense that more and more and more institutions continue to explore what's going on great to see wellington joining the fight and into the next piece of news that we have here we've got a company from lithuania called axiology that secured a two million dollar investment and their goal is to transform the eu capital markets building tokenized securities platforms and so this company is led by Dr. Marius Jurglius, and he aims to cut costs in the financial operations, which we see across the tokenization economy. The initial focus here is on government bonds. This has been the largest point of adoption we've seen over the last 12 months in tokenized securities has been treasuries and money market style funds. And their goal is to do a is to launch a DLT transactional settlement systems license, presumably in their local jurisdiction. The goal is to go under the EU DLT pilot regime, which gives it exemptions around current securities regulations, I guess, as they explore their business model. And the company does envision to facilitate direct financial contributions into Lithuania's defense needs, as well as as other securities operations. So major shout out to Axiology for driving more and more innovation in the European sector to build distributed ledger technology for capital markets. I love this. This is this is one of those great examples of, you know, Lithuania. You don't exactly think of that as a financial hub, a leader or a major player in the space. But, you know, players like Axiology are going to put Lithuania on the map uh, because thanks to very forward thinking legislation uh, and an environment over there, they may be able to really spearhead tokenization in a faster or broader, you know, possibly better way. Uh, than some other regulatory environments. Uh, congrats to Axiology. That's that's a you know no, no small sum of cash to get them going. Absolutely, you guys uh, pretty much covered that news there. Great to see another uh, you know country and jurisdiction being represented in the tokenization space. Moving on to the next piece of news, we have the DTCC basically saying that blockchain won't be the answer to T plus one settlement by May of 2024. This is Jennifer Peeve, their global head of strategy and innovation over at the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, or the DTCC, who was talking at a, uh, a symposium led by the OCC, uh, the Officer of the Currency Controller, uh, on tokenization of real-world assets and liabilities uh, just last week. 
So uh, essentially what uh, Jennifer here is speaking towards is that, you know, public markets, public equities markets are, uh, there's a disconnect there because of these uh, performance and scale that's needed uh, that they already have uh, and are working towards solving for T plus one. But she did acknowledge that it's still a very good, you know, concept organization for private markets and alternatives, right? So there is still some value there, as she uh, quote says, you know, high volume, low value, less developed infrastructure uh, that alternatives and ETFs speak to. Um, and so Ledger Insights article that kind of covers this did point out an interesting point here, guys, which is that of central securities depositories and their role when it comes to tokenization and you know quote they said at best csds will evolve or alternatively will be disrupted i believe in the former they will evolve we've already seen this with six uh csd which has on-chain and off-chain options and they have uh brought actionariates uh tokenized uh, to uh security tokens that represent their equity making them bankable essentially allowing traditional investors that prefer the traditional rails to be able to participate um, and those that prefer the more Web3 option to do so as well without necessarily, uh, you know, compromising any operations there. Interesting stuff there. I think it makes total sense. And we've seen the DTCC get super active in this space for quite some time now. And uh, only proper that they are continuing to drive this, this innovation. It doesn't shock me one bit. <laughs> uh, this is we're talking about public markets. They settle quadrillions in stocks every year. There's just no way by May that they would somehow get all those quadrillions onto blockchain rails uh, to settle. So, uh, you know, not surprised by that answer and glad to see that they still basically backhanded said this is still the future. Uh, so, you know, love to see it. Moving on, we also saw a big announcement from Ripple, who is increasingly staking their name in the RWA and tokenization space, uh, acknowledging that it is also the future uh, of capital markets. They've been expanding their sort of services in that area, and they've been acquiring companies. We heard recently last year of the Medico acquisition, you know, a custody solution uh, that I believe was started by uh, Archax and, and some folks, but now they've acquired standard custody and trust company, which certainly sounds like a very old institutional type company, but they're a, a digital assets company for you know institutions. So they do custody specifically, um, and uh, it's just adding to their repertoire. They also mentioned in their press release, Ripple said that they're uh, doing uh, partnerships with top tier banks, such as HSBC, BBVA, and Zodia Custody, uh, as well as expansion to new territories for its Ripple payments offerings, including Africa. Uh, so they are definitely uh, focusing, continuing on expanding you know, their core business of payments, uh, but they're getting increasingly also into the custody game. You know, uh, We do know they love tokenization and that they've gotten involved in some projects last year, but custody seems to be really their next play. I think before they actually are getting to truly to tokenization, it seems. And we all know how important custody plays a role in all this. So a very interesting almost roll up of, of custody companies that they're doing, guys. Yeah, it's interesting. I think with like with digital assets, especially, you know, you don't actually need it's a pretty scalable solution to be a custodian for these assets. They, they kind of are all, you know, 
they're all held under the same roof and maybe you have to take some precautions from a cold storage perspective to manage a few different wallets, but you don't have to really scale your infrastructure as your AUM scales. So I, I think that this makes sense from a realistic perspective that they're probably going to be only a few solutions that are needed for the underlying custody of these assets. And, uh, you know, perhaps each individual bank or institution will have their player and, and, uh, that's, that's what's going on there. So other than that, I also have an interesting article here, which is from the Iowa Judiciary Committee, and they've approved a bill that integrates digital assets into commercial transactions. So they provide clear definitions for digital assets, and they recognize those digital assets as personal property. They suggest that smart contracts get legal standing, and the bill does distance the state from actually endorsing a CBDC or a national digital currency. The goal here is that purchasers of controllable electronic records will receive legal protection against those claims without a financial statement, with the bill aiming to modernize the regulatory environment for digital assets, focusing on legal clarity and consumer protection. And the reason why I found this to be pretty relevant, not only is it because this is the, you know, a case of a state legislature bringing up real world asset tokenization and these types of things in legal bills, but also we have seen the SEC suggest in the past that a digital or blockchain based ledger cannot be used as the primary method of recording the cap table of a security. This is one of the few cases that we've begun to see where that may be changing. We're now seeing a regulator say, you know what? No, if you own digital assets, that is the record of account to determine if that is your personal property. This does fly in the face of what we've seen from the past in terms of traditional securities regulations here in the States. So interesting to see if this continues to get momentum. We know how bills go. They don't always get passed. But this type of rhetoric is, I think, important from the discussion perspective of evolving the U.S. securities and digital asset property laws. Uh, it's, it's definitely some kind of movement. You know, it's on the state level as opposed to getting bogged up, right, as we've seen with every other bill on the federal level. So some interesting legislation that absolutely could pioneer some innovation uh, for the, the state of Iowa, which is, you know, I love how, you know, you got Wyoming, you got, you know, all these, the South Dakota, I think is another one. You got these, again, similar opportunities for states that normally you wouldn't think to do business in are taking advantage of this innovation uh, to, to, you know, further their better and better their economies. Um, I'm going to jump right into Reserve Bank of India, guys, on the CBDC side uh, as my last article uh, they are investigating tokenization specifically of government bonds and some other assets. They acknowledge it's not in a huge amount, but specifically for them to consider a wholesale central bank digital currency, which means that it's not for retail. Uh, it means that it's the banks commercially working with each other. That's why they call it wholesale, uh, to move large amounts of money uh, through a CBDC, in this case in India, they are thinking, well, why not have that also be able to use that for settlement into government bonds, buying into other assets, as we see with USDC as a very common payment solution and others. Uh, so, wow, uh, I love to see that a, you know, the Reserve Bank of India, their central bank, is exploring government bond tokenization. Uh, we see it a lot in U.S. treasuries, but certainly not the government itself doing it. So love to see that news. Kyle, any thoughts on this? I think we lost uh, Jason there. Yeah, unfortunately, we may have lost Jason, but uh, 
this does make a lot of sense for, for the Reserve Bank of India to explore. We've seen so many different jurisdictions trying to understand the use cases here. I certainly think that CBDCs have certainly their fair share of benefits for underlying jurisdictions, especially ones that don't have strong fiscal policy. Um, but it also comes at a significant cost with respect to surveillance and, and, and many of the different privacy components that have been covered in the past. So great to see that countries are looking into this stuff because I do think that knowledge is power. Understanding the context here is important. We've seen so many cases of regulators making flippant decisions based off of a, a lack of scope in terms of their understanding of the use cases. So I do think that research is a good first step. And yeah, kicking it out here, Herwig, I do have a, a, another article that I wanted to cover, which was the Nigerian SEC, the NSEC, officially approved Hashgreed for offering real estate-based digital securities. So Hashgreed is built on a locally formatted cross-blockchain. So K-R-O-S-S is the blockchain protocol built in Nigeria, and it enables co-ownership of prime real estate assets. We've seen real estate tokenization being a key driver since the very beginning of asset tokenization. So it's nice to see another jurisdiction you know, embracing this technology and this opportunity can potentially drive new liquidity and investment opportunities into Nigerian real estate. I know Nigeria has been a very successful economy in Africa. The platform is regulated by the Nigerian SEC, as I mentioned, and they're looking to license and partner with other capital markets operators there in, in their jurisdiction, with, of course, the goal being to democratize access to high-value assets because most people don't have the capital to buy additional property or maybe even a primary residence. So being able to buy shares or fractions of those things can be a key driver in locking up capital and building wealth outside of fiat currencies, which are very suspect um, and can have all kinds of issues with it. So great to see. Congratulations to Hashgreed for that approval. The NSEC, uh, the Nigerian SEC getting increasingly active. And I love to see Hashgreed come to the to the market and a new blockchain, guys. Uh, they went and created the cross blockchain. That's pretty crazy. Well, before we get to the massive announcement from Realty, I really think you're going to love this. Uh, I do got to end on just a quick little note. We all have uh, heard the news that Republic, major crowdfunding platform, plans to acquire INX. They had delayed it to today, this month, but now they've delayed it again to May 2024. Shows you that they're trying, but uh, seems like they're still working through some of the details in order to have that acquisition fully go through. Definitely a merger of two great companies if that happens. But now we have the honor of having Remy Jacobson, uh, one of the founders, co-founder of Realty, uh, with a huge announcement they let go, announced last week. Uh, so let's hop over to that interview. Hey, hello. Rick. Hello, hello. How are you today? Doing well, doing well, Herway, Kyle. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Congratulations and happy belated birthday to five years of realty. Five years, five years in the making. This in itself is an accomplishment. We're not that many Web3 tokenization company, first of all, that started five years ago and that are still around five years later. That's true. 
That's true. We, we, we've covered them all from start to finish on many different cases. I know. I've been following. I've been following all of your shows. You're my source of uh, of news on the crypto space. Yeah, well, we're all here in South Florida together, so we gotta we gotta stick it out. We appreciate that. In fact, we appreciate you coming on the show to tell us about a very big announcement I heard on your community call for your birthday. You mentioned that you've been working on this for over a year. You know, I just want to set the stage for anybody who doesn't know Realty. Hundreds of properties tokenized, over a hundred million in asset value. Uh, they've created a whole ecosystem that allows you to get loans, trade it on a DEX, uh, really uh, get your your dividends from the actual property, right? Your rental income. Uh, but now you've gone ahead and done something groundbreaking once again, Remy. I'm going to let you take the stage. Go ahead and tell hey, us what's going thank on. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So for the last five years, we've been growing and building our expertise in tokenization. We tokenized 536 different addresses, representing about 2,000 units around the U.S. and uh, Panama. We opened up Latin America. Um, this week, for our five years anniversary, we opened up the capital. We're opening up the capital of the company to our community. But before doing this, there were some major hurdles. Why would we tokenize something that doesn't have liquidity? Why would we tokenize something that is not tradable and doesn't go with the um, with the uh, motto of realty? So through work and finding the right jurisdictions, we are able to offer tokenization of our capital, a small part of our capital today for the community, and allowing them to have a fully tradable token under Swiss law. With secondary market, not requiring KYC unless you want to take voting right or dividend. Realty doesn't pay dividend. We pay div we pay rent on the realty token, on the real estate token, but on the company itself, we don't pay dividend. So this law applies for us, gets great liquidity. Of course, all the old fact list and all this will be respected, uh, but it creates quite an amazing tool for um, for liquidity for companies. Realty being the first one to do it. And I hope our model will be copied by a lot of other companies, and we're happy to help them do it. I, I, I believe people or other companies will uh, follow this model. In fact, uh, there's only one other company, and I'm sure there are a few others that I'm aware of, it's uh, Mount Pellerin that have done this in the past with their equity. Uh, and so Absolutely. I was a little bit familiar with this, but they they never really you know got as much traction as, as far as I know. Uh, they have a great you know ecosystem, but the the volume certainly doesn't represent what Realty does today for its properties, for example. Uh, so this to me is very exciting about you know really meaningfully taking advantage of this structure and this jurisdiction, and, and seeing what you can do when you really apply the right technology and community to it. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe you mentioned some of the stats on your community call in terms of liquidity. Uh, do you, can you share those uh, so that of we course. have an idea? Yeah, of course. So one hundred million, over a hundred million dollars in primary sales, primary market sales. Our secondary market today has about one point six million dollars a month in exchange. Our lending platform has about twelve, thirteen million dollars. Right now, it's a little bit cut because we just launched V three. So it's in between V2 and V3. Um, and that's on a $100 million ecosystem. And the lending platform up to, to up to last week only had about 30 properties because we were on V2 of Aves Code. And uh, now we're on V3. We'll be releasing 99% of our properties. So we Ooh. expect this to go up. Wow. Quite. That's amazing. And, and I'll, 
Go ahead. ahead. No, to come back to Montpellerin, we worked very closely with Montpellerin. And yes, we absolutely did inspire ourselves out of uh, their model, which was genius. Um, There's another company called Queenstite Mining who is doing that as well. Amazing. Well, I'm going to look into inside mining too, but I'm just... Queenstite Mining. Full disclosure, it might be very familiar to you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And anyway, you also, uh, I remember from the community call, you guys have some pretty amazing... Uh, shareholders on your cap table already. Some investors. Are we you do? Believe you can you can share that on the show as we, well. We had the pleasure of uh, welcoming the honor and the pleasure of welcoming Tim Draper in uh, 2022, December 2022, to the to the board of Realty, to the cap table of Realty. Uh, we also have the founders of One Inch, Anton Bukov and Sergey Kunz. We have the founder of Kyber Network, Loy Lu, um, who are all and um, shareholders of Realty today. Uh, for now, as little as I think something around fifty dollars, you mentioned whatever it ends up being, you can now be you know on the same cap table as these guys and own a little piece of realty. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Um, I've yeah. got for again audience who do, is not necessarily familiar with realty. You should be. I have seen properties uh, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars literally sell out in minutes, uh, hours, days, up to millions. Uh, I've seen you guys do so. I'm sure the 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 5 million target, it's probably already spoken for, to be honest, by your community. It um, it but, <laughs> yeah, it I, but it'll be available on, on the on the decks, right? You'll be able to, to buy into it regardless. So uh, that Absolutely. is pretty- Absolutely. It is uh, spoken for. It will be available on secondary market. And I'm sure there'll still be room for newcomers as we're keeping some um, a little a little stack for one token at the time. Yeah. So for the first time ever, folks, you can now own a piece of realty itself. Uh, Of course, a big question I know folks are going to have because we got a lot of U.S. viewers. What's the deal there? Non-U.S.? Accredited U.S. possible, uh, but mostly non-U.S. All right. Accredited uh, gives an opportunity. So that is very good to know. Um, yeah. uh, always love to see a little opportunity for, for us to get in the table. I know, and I don't know if you can say anything so I can say it for you, but I know you guys have been exploring and trying to figure out one day uh, to, to make that all possible out here. So stay, stay you know, don't hold, you know, stay, stay uh, patient folks. Stay patient while, uh, while Realty gets on it. But thanks for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to close uh, in terms of, you know, big announcements or big things we should be on the lookout for regarding Realty in the, in the coming days, weeks, months? Uh, Realty, the coming weeks will be the equity raise. Uh, by the end of the year, our governance token as well. By the end of the summer, our governance token as well. New products coming online as well, not just real estate, but more different products coming in the very near future. Well, we can't wait to hear all those updates on the show. I'm sure you'll keep our audience and listeners in tune. Uh, but with that, we're going to let you get back to work, Remy. Thanks thank for coming. you very much, Herwig. Thank you, Kyle. Good to see and you, Remy. Thank you for the, all the great news. Uh, and Bye-bye. thank you for being a partner for Tokenize This. <laughs> thank you. Bye. All right, let's head over to the market movements, Kyle. Let's do it. Well, after that amazing news from Realty, it's time to get into what's happening in the secondary market, folks. The you know things are alive and well and happening. 
Uh, and I got to kick it off with some pretty big news, uh, specifically from Japan. So we announced in, around Christmas uh, or on Christmas, the Osaka Digital Exchange, the ODX, they officially went live. Secondary trading with two real estate tokens. Uh, I am not quite sure, you know, what level of, of volume is there. We're, we're trying to get some insight. But I can tell you that they have announced that they're expanding beyond real estate. So that's great to see. That means they're going to be adding more listings, which I got to say not to knock on our friendly U.S. partners, but seems like their listing speed is way faster than, than what we've seen here stateside uh, because they're already planning more listings. They even have what they call the Start Operations Committee. Uh, which actually includes members from other token issuers, from trust banks, uh, including also blockchain platforms like Boostry and Progmat. So these issuance platforms, they end up tokenizing the assets that will one day list on, on ODX, right? And Progmat, by the way, is MUFG backed. And by the way, ODX is founded by SBI, a leading investment bank, as well as backed by Daiwa Securities, Nomura, SMBC, and the CBOE. Uh, so this is a very institutional grade platform. This isn't necessarily a, a startup uh, per se because it's backed and founded by the banks. And in Japan, we've seen a very interesting you know coalition come together of all the major investment banks. The, the start or the, the tokenization ecosystem out there is really led by the institutions as opposed to, the startups like we kind of see here in the United States, although definitely changing these last uh, 12 months or so with JPMC and everybody else getting in the game. Uh, so, guys, what do you think about ODX expanding beyond real estate? Are you as excited as I am? Absolutely. I think that, you know, considering that they're backed by so many great institutions, like you mentioned, SBI, uh, Iowa Securities, Nomura. I mean, it's going to be cool to see, you know, what other kinds of securities they're now going to dive into. I think maybe real estate, they use it as to as an internal. Hey, let's see how if we can get the hang of this. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what those other asset classes are going to be and who are going to be the participants slash issuers to do so. Totally agree, Jason. I think that. Uh, we start with one asset class, wrap your head around it. But the reality is that with these tokenized rails, the point is that we can retrofit this for every type of asset and any type of, of transaction that needs to happen. So I think this is just, a, as we said on, on an earlier piece of news, it's just a natural progression, I think, for this to happen. And it's great to see it's happening sooner rather than later. And uh, awesome to see from Japan. STM is a proud member of the Japan Security Token Association, and we, we are happy to work with, with a lot of those different companies and helping drive adoption. Sure are. Next piece of news, boys. I've got Fortunify. They're, they launched their TAP, T-A-P, tokenized asset protocol application. It is now live on Arbitrum, which is a layer two blockchain. The goal here is to produce tokenized treasuries, which is, as we said, the hottest kid on the block because of the fact that people want yield on their stable coins and you can't do it without registering as a security. Otherwise, it's rehypothecation, according to the SEC. The TAP app's success on the Canto blockchain is leading its expansion into Arbitrum. So this is the second different layer two that they are working on. And supposedly, they already have $13 million in total value locked through their protocol, which is great to see. That's liquidity driving to the underlying platform. The KYC compliant app allows the users to access U.S. tokenized treasuries, and they do 24-7 minting and redemption. 
and it's processed during market hours. So basically, I guess they're just eating the float on on closed market hours, but they are offering the services throughout. And the goal here is that they want to expand to all layer one and layer two solutions and provide this service for everyone. So major shout out to Fortunify for launching their second blockchain integration and to the success they've had so far. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, it's just yet another growth of the RWA market, right? Um, and, and Fortunify is leveraging Arbitrum, which you know recently is also, if to use your similar phrasing, becoming one of the hottest kids on the block. Um, so uh, you know, love to see this. It's the the benefit is you know twenty four seven minting and redemption. You know that that that's what you love to see, thanks to tokenization. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen others, uh, you know, U.S. Treasuries uh, get brought on other assets to get brought on to Arbitrum lately. Denari uh, comes to mind when we speak of their tokenized stocks or equity stocks, right, like Coinbase and Yum Brands and McDonald's. But they've also done the 10 Bitcoin ETFs uh, that come on. And so those are other assets. But of course, we've seen others also come on to Arbitrum. So great to see another uh, player also using them. Fun fact, actually, Jason, during uh, the FTX days, uh, the Grayscale Trust was the highest traded tokenized stock uh, compared to others like Tesla and such. So, Wow. Okay. Some, uh, some more info on there for, the, uh, for our guests here. All righty, guys. Next piece of news. We have PYUSD. This is PayPal's uh, stablecoin. Uh, getting DeFi yields from uh, Bact's Finance, Morpho, and Steakhouse Financial. So just to make sure we're on the same page here, guys, PYUSD is a regulated USD stablecoin issued by Paxos for PayPal, and it was issued under the New York State Department of Financial Services, or the NYTFS, uh, under their supervision, right? And so they're claiming that this is the first stablecoin added to a major lending market, and Morpho Blue, who is one of the parties involved here, is a decentralized protocol enabling the over-collateralization lending and borrowing of crypto assets, specifically ERC-20 tokens on any EVM chain. And so uh, essentially the way it works here is that PYUSD, the stablecoin, is deposited into a vault curated by Steakhouse Financial, which is a DeFi consultancy on Morpho Blue's uh, protocol, right? And so that gets borrowed or as a loan, right? And then uh, Steakhouse Financial is uh, choosing to use the permission-wrapped version of BACT's BLB01 and Lido's WSTE liquid staking tokens as principal collateral assets on the vault. So what, what are those two assets? Like, what, are that, what does that mean? So BLB01 is a tokenized tracker certificate tracking the price of iShares Treasury Bonds 0 to 1 year usage ETF. Back one to one uh, redeemable uh, for the underlying assets cash value, and so the whole idea of having that and the Lido uh, WSTE liquid staking token is the fact that they're using what Stakehouse is calling a dual engine, essentially an approach to combine traditional real world yields with crypto yields to optimize returns for those different market conditions that they'll be experiencing. So really cool way to bring uh, uh, more utility to PYUSD within the DeFi ecosystem. Any thoughts there, guys? This is great. This is great. More potential yield for stable coins. And I think the interesting thing here is that I think it's important to recognize that yield being generated in stable coins is what drives more stable coins to be minted. 
And having more stable coins minted means more liquidity into the digital asset ecosystem, which over time will not only translate to speculation on crypto coins, but also drives adoption to other structured financial products. So the part of the problem why no one's investing in security tokens, for example, as certainly at the rate that crypto is, is because of the fact that a lot of traditional assets are just easier to invest in with dollars. So if we can create more and more on-ramps to incentives to hold cash in stablecoin, it will then create more liquidity for the rest of the market. I think this is great to see. And interesting that they're working with PayPal's PYUSD, the, one of the newer stablecoins to come to market from a large traditional financial company. That is a great insight, Kyle. Um, and I just got to say, I love this for what it is, just pure financial innovation. This is truly the intersection of DeFi and RWAs, if you will. Right. You're bringing in PayPal, who's got a stable coin in the equation. You got uh, tokenized you know, assets through backed. You got all these DeFi yields coming through the situation. This is this is what it was. This is the, the essence, the foundation uh, of what we saw in the past in DeFi, just now leveraging RWAs and, you know, real proper stable coins, if you will, like uh, PayPal's. Uh, so this is really great news to me. Um, I got to. Moving on to the Great Eagle Gold Corp uh, folks who are copying and following the playbook of Overstock. Back in the day, we saw that Overstock actually issued a dividend to their shareholders, and that dividend was a token that represented uh, equity in uh, <laughs> Overstock. In this case, we're seeing a, a unique situation. Uh, Great Eagle Gold Corp is actually a publicly traded company in Canada. So they follow a lot of regulations. They got a lot of rules to follow, uh, and they have officially announced their TPP, their Tokenization Partnership Program, uh, which they say, quote unquote, affords shareholders a unique financial advantage, direct ownership and 10 percent of the total tokens issued to Great Eagle Gold during the mining title tokenization process of NI43-101 Certified Gold Resources, a.k.a. Great Eagle Gold Corp. They have a mine that they're working with in Bajo Cacao uh, in Colombia, uh, which is the second largest gold producing region, apparently. Uh, hopefully I said all of that right. But basically the point is that they have a mine They've got gold, access to gold. But here's what they're doing. They're introducing a new concept where instead of mining the gold, they're going to issue you tokens representing the gold based on, you know, uh, essentially geologists and stuff telling you there's this much gold in the ground. Obviously, a discount is applied because you can't have the gold physically in your possession. Uh, but they're spinning it as an angle uh, to say that it is green gold. Uh, by saying that, hey, by you buying this gold and using this gold and holding on to these gold tokens, we don't actually have to mine it in the first place. Therefore, being good for the environment. We're actually working with a client of our own on security token advisor side, Arctic Digital Mining. They're specifically focusing on Alaskan gold mines. So clearly there's a trend here, folks. There's a big opportunity. I love it. Great kind of ESG narrative. Uh, but it brings more RWAs into the world, <laughs> uh, if you will. And, and you know, gold that never needs to be mined that gets used and tr trusted as gold. 
that is the essence, again, of tokenization. That's one of those great applications. So I would love for this to take off. I hope big banks, cent- even central banks or uh, you know major corporations and such, treasury management, they could consider something like this easily. Uh, so Great Eagle Gold, they will be doing a, again, 10% net token allocation to all their shareholders uh, of these tokens. So I guess it's a, what they're doing is a great reason to go buy public shares of uh, Great Eagle Gold on Canada is my guess. Uh, so very interesting, guys. What did you think about this? Yeah, I just I, I'm interested in like someone doing research that's, you know, more analytical than I am analyzing the price difference between like a futures contract on gold and a ownership in spot ETF in gold ownership in a gold mine and this type of like synthetic future in terms of like it's it's you own the gold but it doesn't actually exist yet so it'd be interesting to see like how these what the relationship is between all these different types of vehicles that still give you the same underlying exposure to gold but in very different ways and like some are more abstract like this one than others that are more like physical delivery in three months so you know it's so there's there's some really interesting components there i think it's 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 uh, makes sense from an ESG play. Um, and just, just uh, it's a new thing for me to wrap my head around in terms of how to value this, which I think is interesting. Uh, it's brand new for sure. The only way to find out to your question is by tokenizing the gold in the ground in the first right. place. So <laughs> companies like Great Eagle Gold, as well as Arctic Digital Mining, they're going to lead that charge. Looking forward to seeing uh, what's happening. What else is going on? Well, I have my last article here in the market movement segments for episode 224 is MetaWealth. MetaWealth raised $1.2 million in a tokenized real estate deal. So we're seeing liquidity in the tokenized real estate space with 60% of their investors being from Romania, their country of origin there, or they're in Spain, I think the real estate deal is, but Romanian investors being the primary investor base here, the deal did attract what they say are 190 global investors that closed ahead of schedule because of this outstanding demand. And uh, they are planning to list new Spanish real estate as well as exploring opportunities in Greece. And the fintech company has done over $7.4 million in tokenized fundraises for apartments since its launch. So major shout out to MetaWealth. If you haven't heard of them before, they're clearly having a lot of success. And if you're in Europe and you either want to invest in tokenized real estate, hit them up or sell tokenized real estate, hit them up because they're doing some cool stuff and they're actually generating liquidity. So major shout out to MetaWealth. Good for them. Um, You know, I think I read in the article that kind of touched on this news here that uh, the $3.6 million raise here is the biggest in tokenized uh, real uh, real estate, specifically in Spain, uh, followed by the next one being only 65000 So, you know, obviously a huge difference there. Um, I, I guess my biggest takeaway from this, my biggest wish, if you will, is that, you know, I just wish more issuers would disclose more on, you know, where are your investors coming from? Everyone's asking, like, you know, where are they coming from, from what uh, platforms, from what jurisdictions, et cetera. So any more insights that any issuers have um, as to, you know, where your investor participation is coming from, please let us know, because uh, I think we're all curious to, to find that out. 
And to close out the market movements, we have an announcement from our very own security token market, which is that we launched our market report for January 2024. We will be coming back with our monthly market reports, guys, uh, and we're starting it this year. So, you know, just to show a couple stats here on what we're covering, uh, you know, the sections that we'll be including, at least in this first report, I mean, of course, it'll be evolving. We're talking about key takeaways as a general summary for anyone that doesn't necessarily want the whole thing. But for those that do want to dive a little deeper, we are breaking it down by asset class, which has been demanded in the past. We're finally able to do that for you guys. We're going to be doing some marketplace spotlights, which will rotate every month. Uh, we're going to start looking at on-chain treasury products as well as, uh, you know, private credit, all that good stuff that we've seen rise in popularity last year and ending with, of course, new tokens that we've onboarded over the past month and announcements. So, you know, just to dive a little deeper as to what you guys can expect, here's the, you know, one of the graphs that you'll find in that report, which this one breaks it down by asset class. Here are some key stats that you guys will find on those asset classes. But of course, we do include some uh, insights as to, you know, what we've seen or where we think those stats came from. You know, why did those asset classes perform the way that they did? Or are there any specific tokens that performed a certain way that had a certain impact on, on those stats? So all good things that you guys will have access to through our monthly market reports, which are always uh, readable and accessible on our medium, uh, as well as Security Token Prime, our research portal. Uh, the link, though, directly will be in the description for the show this week. So keep an eye out for that. Just a great job all around to the team. Uh, this this is beautiful. That's what it is. Gorgeous charts, graphs, uh, insights coming to you on a monthly basis. That's what the market needs. And uh, with that, guys, let's head on over to the company of the week. Let's do it. And it's that time, Kyle, that part of the episode where we get to choose a company each that we thought made the biggest moves in the space. It's our Company of the Week Award. Uh, in fact, it puts you in the running for Company of the Year, potentially, for 2024. Congratulations to Republic, uh, who won 2023. But it's 2024, and it's a new week, episode 224, coincidentally, uh, Kyle. What do you got? It is a new week, and I have a new winner. My winner this week is Backed, which is the company behind building the tokenization platform, working with the PayPal US dollar, the PYUSD. Backed Finance is allowing users to take that stablecoin and actually bring it on to Morpho Blue, which is a decentralized protocol that allows for collateralization and lending of stable coins. You can deposit your PYUSD into a vault. That vault is curated by Steakhouse Financial, which is a consultancy that's working on the project. And you can then launch the wrapped version of Bax's, uh, you know, tokens to get collateral on this stuff and and deep DeFi people will be able to track and follow all the different synthetics that are created with these vaults but all you need to know is that backed finance has been able to take the paypal stablecoin which again as we talk about you're taking fiat dollars and putting them on these blockchain rails that allows for all these other companies to build cool financial infrastructure behind this float without the company itself having to do the work. So PayPal does the work of creating the stablecoin, and now you've got backed 
finance, already building lending and collateralization options behind that underlying stablecoin. I think that's really, really cool and excited to see the adoption and drive of, of new projects just like this. That is a great choice, Kyle. Um, and uh, makes total sense. Again, back to spearheading that innovation, as I mentioned earlier on the segment of just an intersection between true finance and RWAs, if you will, into true DeFi concepts uh, and technology. So I'm, I'm just excited to see all this come together. How about you, Herway? Tell me, who's your choice this week? Well, I, I got to say a special place in my heart to Realty for announcing their big raise. I'll probably end up giving it to them as soon as they actually announce the, the completion of it. But I had to give it out to City because City, I have never seen so much uh, analysis and, and republishing around this uh, announcement. I don't know if they've just got a, a crack squad team of marketers over there, but uh, people are talking about this. This is making the wave. City partnering with Wellington Management with Wisdom Tree using the DTCC. Uh, leveraging Avalanche, which we know is very catered towards institutions. Uh, this is a very, very big deal. It's what we've been talking about. The future of Wall Street is tokenization, specifically funds is a massive opportunity, whether it's actually creating liquidity for LPs or some form, or whether it's doing waterfall distributions, who you name it, uh, it's all there. Uh, they, they're testing it all. So to know that City is also spearheading this, you know, they've been a little quiet. They announced themselves, they, they, you know, put themselves out there. But this is their first major big move, I think, uh, to, to show us to tell us that they are going to be a big player in the tokenization space. Uh, I, I think proof of concepts is obviously where it begins. Next step, commercialization. So let's see what happens. I think that's a great choice, Herwig. It makes a lot of sense. It's, I think, the biggest news of the week and uh, exciting to see just all of the institutional adoption and the, the real liquidity that gets driven from, from them onboarding new opportunities. Y you can't go wrong picking City. Well, what a great show, as always, Kyle. Shout out to Remy for coming on and letting us know the big news. And congratulations to our companies of the week. I'm already excited for next week. But with that, I hope everybody uh, has a great time. You can go to stm.co uh, to get all the latest trading news, all the latest information. It's your one-stop shop. You've got it all. Tokenization, RWA, security tokens, whatever you want to call them. It's all there. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we hope to catch you again next week. As always, every Monday at 10 a.m. Signing out. See you next week. Happy tokenizing.